Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. God is good all the time. Uh, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verse 11. John chapter 10, verse 11. As you're turning to John chapter 10, just want to praise God. Yesterday we had an awesome women's abide gathering right here at our Paramount location. And we're just so grateful for God moving in the hearts of all the ladies uh, at Chapel of Change. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. And then last night I was invited uh, to speak at the young adult gathering. They actually had a bonfire and there was a lot of young adults worshiping the Lord. Let me tell you something. God is moving uh, within the young adults at Chapel of Change. And if you're a young adult, I encourage you to get connected. They gather every Wednesday night here in the fellowship hall for Bible study and worship. So uh, if you're a young adult, get connected to what God is doing. We're going to look at John chapter 11, uh, 10, verse 11. And here Jesus is confronting the religious leaders. And hear the word of the Lord. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Verse 13. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. Someone say good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing and the doing of his word. Uh, my brothers and sisters, as we gather around the word of God this afternoon and we approach this uh, occasion where Jesus is confronting the religious leaders, uh, it's important to first note that Jesus calls us sheep. Someone say sheep. In fact, all throughout the Bible, uh, God refers to us as sheep. And there's deep meaning to that. It's, it's very interesting. And so we got to think about what it means to be sheep. First of all, sheep cannot feed themselves. A sheep cannot defend themselves. And sheep cannot discern danger for themselves. 
Now, I know that you feel like you're strong, and I know that you feel that you may have discernment. You may be able to defend yourself, but at the end of the day, God calls us sheep. Someone say sheep. Now, by calling us sheep, he is highlighting our utter dependence upon him. Uh, we are utterly dependent upon God. And the faster you realize this, the better off your life will be. The faster you realize that you're utter dependent upon God, the better your life will be. Now, I share this with everybody, but particularly the young people in the house today, the faster you realize that you are utterly dependent upon God, the better you will be. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how much potential you think you have. At the end of the day, we are utterly dependent upon God. God. Someone shout amen. amen. Now, it's, it's interesting that in this world, there are all different types of wild animals. Uh, there are wild monkeys. There are wild hyenas. There are wild dogs. There are even wild cats uh, in this world. But one thing you will not find is wild sheep. There's no wild sheep in this world. You know why? Because sheep are not smart enough to survive on their own. Sheep are not strong enough to provide for themselves. Sheep are utterly helpless. Now, when you release a wild animal into, you know, you release a wild animal, there's basically two things that that wild animal will do. Number one... The wild animal will, will be released into the wild, and it will, it will try to forge a life for itself. I'm free to live. I'm free to go. Or secondly, the animal will come back home. There's only two things that a wild animal will do. It either go out into the wild and forge a life to, for itself, or it will come back home. You know why it will come back home? Because it knows where it's fed. Uh, about a month ago, uh, I received a disturbing phone call from my wife, and she called me up and said that our dog, Tank, had ran away from home. Tank is a three-year-old German shepherd, highly energetic, and uh, according to my kids, Tank unlocked the side gate. According to my kids, Tank unlocked the side gate. And he took off. And my wife tells me that she threw an APB out for Tank and she got the kids. And this is the first time she sent my daughters out into the community by themselves to look for Tank that way. And she sent my son another direction that way. And my wife went in the van going another direction. All of them looking for Tank. And 30 minutes later, my wife says she drove back to the house, and as she looked to the uh, side, there was Tank trotting back up the driveway. Why do you think he came back home? Because that brother's smart. He knows where he gets fed. He knows where, where, where to eat at. But you release a sheep out into the wild, listen, ultimately that sheep will die. 
You release a sheep out into the wild, and that sheep will not know what to do. Listen, we live in a crazy world. We live in a dark world. Sin is knocking out our door. Darkness surrounds us. Did you hear about the controversy with Target last week? Anybody heard about the controversy? They partnered with Satanic Clothing Line. And they had the nerve to put up the clothing line in the front of the store. We live in a dark world. But the advantage that we have as Christians is that we have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd to lead us through the darkness. We have a good shepherd to guide us through the darkness. And so Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. What does that mean? What does that mean? First of all, it means that Jesus is the only shepherd. Jesus is the only shepherd of our souls. Listen, he says in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. Keyword, the. Circle that word in your Bible. Notice he doesn't say, he doesn't say I'm not a good shepherd or I'm not a shepherd as if there are many. He doesn't say I'm one of many shepherds. He doesn't say I'm the shepherd of the week or I'm the shepherd of the month. No, notice he says I am the good shepherd. What is he conveying? He's saying that he is the only one, the only shepherd of our souls. He's the only shepherd for our souls. In fact, he reinforces it in verse 16. He says, there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now, as we think about we are the sheep and Jesus is the shepherd, you got to remember the shepherd heal the sheep. The shepherd tend to the wounds of the sheep. You got to remember the, the shepherd mend the wounded sheep. And we got to remind ourselves that no matter who you are, the longer you live in this world, the more susceptible you are to the brokenness of this world. And eventually this world will break your heart. Eventually, people will disappoint you, and eventually, things will not go as expected, and you will be hurt in this world. Why? Because it's a broken world, and every now and then, you need someone to heal your heart. Your soul needs attention. Your soul needs healing. Your soul needs mending. And I want to remind us here today that alcohol cannot heal your soul. It'll, it'll numb your soul, but it won't heal your soul. I, I want to remind somebody today that smoking weed is not going to heal your soul. Hello, somebody. It'll numb your soul but it will not heal your soul. I want to remind somebody today that no earthly human relationship will ever heal your soul. If you have a broken heart and he has a broken heart and you come together, there will be two broken hearts. Only Jesus can heal our hearts. Only Jesus can mend our souls. You need not look to anyone anymore. Stay 
focus on Jesus. Stay committed to Jesus. Psalms 23 verse 3 says, He refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, secondly, he is conveying that he is the most excellent shepherd. He is the most excellent shepherd. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. Someone say good shepherd. That word uh, good means superior. It means beautiful. It means magnificent. It means excellent in all aspects. Good means superior, beautiful, magnificent, excellent in all aspects. Now, remember, he is confronting the religious leaders. He's confronting the shepherds of the day, and he is telling them, I am the only true shepherd, and I am the most excellent shepherd. This is a bold statement on behalf of Jesus, that he is telling them that you are a thief and a robber, and I am the most excellent shepherd. And so we got to remind ourselves that he is most excellent in character, that Jesus is most excellent in his virtue, that he is the most excellent in his care for us. Has anybody experienced the care of God in your life? Has anybody experienced the supernatural provision of God in your life? That is Jesus being the good shepherd to your souls. We used to sing a song, can't nobody do you like Jesus, can't nobody do you like the Lord. He is the good shepherd. He's the one that goes before us to guide us. He goes behind us to protect us. He comes alongside of us to comfort us. He is the good shepherd. He goes before us to guide us, behind us to protect us, alongside of us to comfort us. I love Psalms 94 verse 19. It says, when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. I love that because the enemy tries to steal your cheer. The enemy tries to steal your worship and steal your praise and steal your song. But the closer you get to God, he renews your cheer. That's the good shepherd. We also must note that Jesus is entirely sufficient in himself to meet every need in our lives. As we think of him being the good shepherd, we got to note that Jesus is sufficient in himself to meet every need in our lives. That's why David cried out in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I lack nothing, why? Because he feeds us, he clothes us, he protects us, he empowers us. Jesus, he, he feeds us, he clothes us, he protects us, he empowers us. He is the good shepherd. Now, he manifests his goodness through several ways. We, we experience his goodness through several ways and he identifies it back in the scripture he manifests his, his goodness through his love for the sheep. 
that Jesus loves his sheep. He says this in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. He expresses his goodness through his love for the sheep. The word know, it speaks of a loving relationship. It speaks of personal, intimate relationship. The word know is not about knowledge. It is about love. That Jesus has set his love upon the sheep. That Jesus has the sheep best interest in mind. He loves you. He cares for you. Now notice Jesus' order in his statement. He says, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Notice the order. He says, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. In other words, we love Jesus because he first loved us. We love Jesus because he first loved us. He loved us first, and then we respond to his love. We give to Jesus because he first gave to us. We respond to Jesus because he initiated the love. Someone shout amen. Amen. Jesus set his love on us. He set his heart upon us. This is how he expressed his goodness. And then also... Jesus expressed his goodness through voluntarily dying for his sheep. Jesus voluntarily dies for his sheep. In verse 15, that's where I get it. He says, I laid down my, my life for the sheep. I laid down my life for the sheep. So notice that he points out how he takes our place he takes our place and he reinforces this over and over in the scripture in Matthew 28 verse 20 he says for even the son of man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many notice that give his life as a ransom for many. So we got to remind ourselves that his life was not taken. He gave his life. Jesus' life was not taken. He gave his life. His blood was not spilled. He poured his blood out. The cross was not an accident, but it was a divine accomplishment by the Father. That Jesus, he gave his life. And he reinforces it in verse 18. He says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. No one takes my life. I give it up. Do you remember what Jesus said when they went to arrest him in the garden of Gethsemane? Remember the soldiers came and surrounded him and Peter drew out his sword and cut off the ear of the servant? You remember what Jesus said? He told Peter, put your knife away. Don't you know that I can call ten legions of angels down from heaven right now? They believe that one legion is a thousand. So he said he can call ten thousands of angels right there at that moment. 
I did some research and I learned in the Old Testament, one angel killed 185,000 soldiers. One angel killed 185,000 soldiers. You know what Jesus meant when he said, I can call down 10 legions of angels. In other words, he can wipe out the whole earth if he wanted to. But instead, he lays down his life for you and I. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep, for the benefit of the sheep, for the blessing of the sheep. See, Jesus took our cross so that we could take his crown. Jesus took our darkness so that we could become his light. Jesus took our pain so that we could adopt his purpose. He died for the benefit of the sheep. Someone shout amen. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So notice that, that Jesus took the worst of us, and yet he gave us the best of him. The worst of mankind was laid on Jesus, and the best of him was laid on us. That his death brought us life, that his death brought us blessing, and now we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That we have right standing with Almighty God. That we don't have to walk around with no sense of guilt or shame. And my Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions. So we have the good shepherd. And he demonstrates his love for us through, through dying for us. But there's one last thing that I want to point out. One last thing. How does he demonstrate his goodness? Here's the last Reflection that Jesus gathers his sheep. Jesus gathers his sheep. Let me point this out in verse 16. Now you got to remember that here Jesus is confronting the religious leaders. And notice what he says. He tells them, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring, and they will hear my voice. I want you to catch this. He's confronting the religious leaders. And in the middle of his statement, he makes this astonishing claim. He says, there are other sheep which I have, and I must bring them here, and they will hear my voice. He's talking to the leaders, and he has the wherewithal to inject this other group of people, and he says, there's some other sheep out there as if he's bragging. 
And he says, I must bring them here. And they will hear my voice. It doesn't matter where they're at. They're going to hear my voice. Doesn't matter where they're hiding. They're going to hear my voice. Doesn't matter how far they are. They will hear my voice. And I was, I was researching, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about that he cherishes this group of people so much that he injects them into his converse, confrontation with the leaders? Who is this group of people? And I learned that the other sheep are you and I. The other sheep is us. He's talking about us. He's bragging about us. When he says he got other sheep, he's referring to us, that he loves us so much that he says, I must gather them. I must go after them. Do you feel the intensity in his words? It is the must of divine necessity. It is the must of divine drive that no matter where they're at, I'm going to bring them back to the house of the Lord. They're going to hear my voice. They're going to hear my voice, and I, I love that about God. See, you could be far off, and you'll hear his voice. In fact, I got news for somebody here today that God is still gathering his sheep today. That God is making an army out of his sheep. That the reason why you're here today is because God is gathering his sheep. The reason why you're still alive today is because God is gathering his sheep. The reason why you're still in your right mind today after all you've gone through in life is because God is gathering his sheep. You know that voice you feel, right, to, to get right with God? That's Jesus gathering the sheep. You know that, that, that feeling you get when you do wrong and you say, man, I got to get right with God? That's Jesus gathering his sheep. You, you, you know when you woke up this morning at some point in time, you said, I got to go to church today. Listen, nobody handcuffed you to get here. I don't care whose bright idea it was to get here. It ultimately was the spirit of the Lord speaking to your heart and God is gathering his sheep. He's gathering his sheep, and he's making an army out of his sheep. Now, as I close today, I was reading chapter 9 and verse 10 because this is one event, one occasion. And I noticed in chapter 9 a powerful thing that Jesus does. He demonstrates his love for the sheep. Even in this occasion. Now you got to remember. In chapter 9 and 10 are the same event. Chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man. How many believe that Jesus still heals today? Jesus heals a blind man in chapter 9 and the religious leaders get mad. The religious leaders begin to interrogate the blind man. And they ask him, who healed you? Where is he? What is he about? And the blind man turned to the religious leaders and they, he goes, I don't know. I don't know who healed me, but, but one thing I know is I was blind and now I can see. And I love this about the blind man because 
he didn't have his theology right. He couldn't explain to you about the deity of Jesus. He couldn't explain to you about the eternality of Jesus, but he had a testimony. And he said, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. And the religious leaders got mad. And they do something astounding to this blind, uh, healed man. You know what they do? They kick him out of the synagogue. In, in John chapter 9, it says they threw him out of the synagogue. They couldn't see him blessed. They couldn't see him free. They got mad, and they rejected him. I don't know if you've ever been rejected, but that's hard. I don't know if you ever felt rejection, but it's one of the biggest weapons of the enemy because if he can get you in the spirit of rejection, he can keep you emotionally paralyzed for years. They rejected this man. But that's not the end of his story. Jesus hears that this man got rejected. And Jesus does something astonishing in the same chapter. In John chapter 9, verse 35, listen to one of the most powerful expressions of the good shepherd. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, that he got rejected, that he got kicked out. Listen to this. He found the man. He went after him. He chased after the man. He didn't let him uh, 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 soak in his rejection. When he heard that he was rejected, Jesus, the good shepherd, the Bible says, he went after the man and he found the man. You got to remember, there's about 100,000 people in Jerusalem in this day. He could have been anywhere amongst them hundred thousands of people. You got to remember, he just got healed. He could see now. I wonder, I wonder where he was. He could have been anywhere sightseeing. Jesus still found him. And I was, I was reading that, and I was like, wow, that's me. That's me. That's me. When the world kicked me out, Jesus went and hunted me down. When the world kicked me out, Jesus went and found me amongst all the people. Jesus went looking for me, and he grabbed me, and he brought me back to the kingdom of God. When the world kicked me out, Jesus took me, and I was thinking about, that's me. But then I was thinking about Chapel of Change. I said, man, that's you. That's you. That's you right there. Because some of y'all were way out there when Jesus found you. You know where you're at. Some of you were in the club when you heard that voice calling your life. Some of y'all were in the house somewhere when you heard the voice calling your life. That's you. And praise God that Jesus did not give up on us. But he went after us hard. And he brought us back into the kingdom of God. He is the good shepherd. And the first thing that he tells that man when he finds him, he says, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? First thing that he tells that healed man, do you believe me now? 
do you trust in me now? Will you rely on me now? Will you finally give me everything now? Do you believe? The first thing he tells the man, he's already healed. Typically, Jesus said that before they got healed. He's already healed. He tells them, will you finally trust in me? I got news for somebody. Jesus is asking the same question today. Will you finally trust in him Will you finally believe in him? Will you finally give your whole life to him? Listen, Jesus is still gathering his sheep, and he's building an army out of his sheep, and he's healing his sheep. He's anointing his sheep, and he's empowering his sheep. Some are going to be worship leaders. Some are going to be preachers. Some are going to be teachers. All are going to be servants. And all are going to have the power of the Holy Spirit running through their life. But will you believe? Will you believe? Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, I want us to reflect upon the word of the Lord. Reflect upon what God was saying to you today as the worship team comes back up and just plays lightly in the background. This is our time to meditate on the scripture. This is our time to marinate on the scripture. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord and think what was God trying to get across. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Sister Queenie, if we could just worship in the background. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus is saying, will you finally trust in me? Will you finally believe?
there's someone here today that needs to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone here today that needs to repent from their sins and make a commitment to live for the Lord. God is gathering his sheep in our generation. You see the darkness all around us. It's everywhere. You need a good shepherd. We need a good shepherd. So if you're here today and you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ either for the first time or rededicate your life to the Lord, maybe someone have gone off straight, but you hear the voice of the Lord tugging in your heart, today is the day of salvation. I want to pray with you right where you're at. If you're here today, you need to surrender to the Lord for the first time or rededicate your life to the Lord. Stand up on your feet right now wherever you're at in response to the grace of God. Stand up on your feet right now in response to the grace of God to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, I see you. We'll wait a couple more moments. If there's anybody who needs to surrender their life to the Lord, stand up on your feet. I see you right there in the name of Jesus. I see you right there in the name of Jesus. I see you. God is gathering his sheep. God is gathering his sheep. Hallelujah. We'll wait a couple more moments. Hallelujah. Anyone else, stand to your feet to respond to the grace of God. Hallelujah, Lord. got out of prison right how long did you do 25 years 25 years you just got how long you been out Monday you got out you just got out Monday wow wow welcome home bro welcome home welcome home how old were you when you got you went in when you were 16 years old and how old are you now you're about to be 41 right now you're about to be 41 God is gathering his sheep. God is gathering his sheep. So it's important. At some point in time, you probably made a commitment to the Lord at that stage of your life. But you're in a whole different other stage in your life now. You've been let out the sheepfold. God is empowering you to come in and out now. With freedom comes responsibility. With freedom comes responsibility. And we're going to pray. You got to surrender your life to the Lord, even afresh, even new. Say, Lord, for this new season, I rededicate my life to you. Man, how you feel? You're taking it all in, huh? The Bible says when, they, when God released Israel, they said it was like a dream. It was like a dream. The Lord spared you, man. The Lord had mercy on you for 25 years. Other people didn't come out. Some people died in there. Some people lost their mind in there. So he spared you. He's gathering his sheep. You're evident. He's evidence that God is gathering the sheep. He's evidence. What's your name? Jose. He's evidence that God is gathering the sheep in our generation. 
Listen, Jose, I want to encourage you because we're going to surrender our life to the Lord. And those who stood up, we're going to surrender our life to the Lord. But I want to encourage you. In, in about a month, I'm going to be out of jail for 15 years. In, in one month, it'll be 15 years that I was out. I was out of jail. Who, who's this right here? That's your wife right here? Ashley, amen. That's your wife. Oh, you read my book while you were in prison? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So listen, your new journey begins. Call my wife up, Laura. Laura, where's Laura? Your new journey begins. Your new journey begins. And so I'm going to give you some instructions. Number one, before you even find a job, you got to find a church, a good church, right? Like here's a church you got to find. You got to find a church that teaches the Bible, believes in the Holy Spirit, and that is impacting the world with the gospel. Those three major things you got to find. Teaching the Bible, filled with the Holy Spirit, and impacting the world. You're going to be here? They're going to be here. Amen. Praise God. Well, you found one. Amen. Amen. And we're here to help you make sure you get my wife's phone number. And this is a, 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 a this is gonna be a new journey, right? You're gonna have to, you know, the you're gonna need the Holy Spirit to man together, right? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to man together. You're gonna have to show grace to one another, and maybe we'll go out to dinner. We'll like to take you out to dinner when you when you get chance and, and talk it over, amen. But you gotta surrender your life to the Lord. You too, it's gonna be a new journey right now. It's gonna be a new journey right now. You got you gotta text her, call her up, cause she'll tell you everything. <laughs> Right, she'll tell you everything. Amen. So, listen, we're going to surrender our lives to the Lord because it's a new season. Everybody who stood up, you're going to surrender your life to the Lord, and then I'm going to pray over everybody, all right? So, though, for those who stood up, I want you to say this prayer with me. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. Say this prayer with me. Lord God, I am sorry I messed up, but today... I turn from my sins and I turn back to you, Jesus. I surrender to you, Jesus. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Help me to follow after you in Jesus' name. Now let's pray for everybody who stood up, including this couple, and then we're going to seal this moment with worship. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this couple and all those who stood up. We pray, Father God, a fresh anointing upon their life. We pray that you strengthen them, almighty God. We pray that your spirit touch their life, Father God. And those who stood up, we pray that you fill them freshly with your Holy Spirit, Father God. We pray, Father God, that you encourage them, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that you draw them closer to you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Strengthen your people today, Lord God, as you're gathering your sheep today, Lord God. You're gathering your sheep today, and we worship you for being the good shepherd we worship you for being good to us oh lord god you have been better to ourselves than we have been to ourselves and we love you oh lord god and for that we worship you lord god we worship you lord god let's worship the lord let's seal this moment with worship let's worship the lord
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Come on, somebody. Shout unto the Lord for a moment. Someone shout unto the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Worship the Lord. Cheer unto the Lord. Come on, somebody. Cheer unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Pastor Martin, come on up. Give it up for Pastor Martin as he leads us in our tithes and offerings.